Hey friends, it's Jana and Ashley. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Geek Girls Universe Podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle. We are talking WandaVision Episode 6, and boy, did it live up to its spooktacular Halloween title. I mean, that commercial alone was enough to give me the creeps, but... There was a lot of other creepy things going on. It was intense and, as always, left us begging the universe for it to be Friday again. And if you're new here and haven't already, we would love if you would leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. Subscribe, share, tell your friends, because the more the geek here. Well, let's get into this WandaVision episode six, Jana. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. Yeah, that commercial alone was uber creepy. And every time I watch it, I'm still not really sure what to make of it. But let's do the breakdown. And once again, for those of you who listen, you know that Ashley does amazing breakdowns and she puts them on her website. But I'm going to let her do the breakdown. Take it away, Ashley. Well, each week, WandaVision begins with a previously on WandaVision. And if you're paying close enough attention, some things are a little different. And it kind of depends on the viewpoint and it might not be a big deal, but I wanted to point out that this week they flash back to her talking to Geraldine, talking about Pietro and that he died. And they show images of the real Pietro from Age of Ultron when he died. I would just like to point that out because Jan and I both do not believe that WandaVision Pietro is the real Pietro. Let's let's repeat that for everybody at home again. The real Pietro. The real Pietro. (laughs) Yes. All right. Opening credits. We have made it to the 90s. And they did a Malcolm in the Middle style intro that also included Agnes and Pietro, which was interesting. It's Halloween time. Billy is already and he's in a costume that resembles his comic book look. Tommy is just wearing his regular clothes. Wanda comes down the stairs. She's in her Sokovian fortune teller outfit. At least that's what she calls it. But we know it's her classic Scarlet Witch look. Vision's wearing his classic look. And Pietro is just being Pietro. So he's stirring up trouble with the kids. He's kind of picking at Vision. And, you know, he's talking about when they trick-or-treated as a kid. And Wanda's like, but that's not how I remember it. So she's very suspicious of him still so that has not gone away since the last episode vision makes a comment about not knowing pietro which is fair even though he would know who the real pietro is anyway but we do know that his memory has somehow either been wiped or it's been damaged and he doesn't really remember things prior to his life in westview wanda and vision are being awkward with each other so that has not gone away yet the kids pick up on it because again i don't think she can control them So she can't make things look happy-go-lucky to them because they know something's going on. Vision makes an odd comment like, be good to Wanda before he claims to be leaving to do like the neighborhood watch deal during Halloween. Quicksilver, sorry, Pietro, (laughs) puts on his Quicksilver costume and Tommy dresses like him as well to go trick-or-treating. Then we head outside to Westview where Monica is confronting Hayward about his decision to send in that drone armed with a missile. Darcy makes a hilarious comment about how he almost got killed by his own murder squad. (laughs) And Hayward gets all mad. (laughs) I do too. 
Hayward gets all mad and he's like getting on Monica about her siding with superpowered beings and he starts talking about her mama and how it's a good thing you weren't here when your mother died. I was like, oh, those are fighting words. Like if she has her powers, I like I can't even believe that she like held it in and then just like photon blast him through a wall. Cause that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Personally. Yeah, that was harsh. That was very harsh. And he makes a, a snide comment like, ew, who's the sassy best friend? Which obviously is a sitcom trope. But Wu, who is the sassy best friend, quickly steps in yeah. and shuts him down, talking like, you shouldn't talk about your colleagues like that. So Wu once again shows he's not a toxic male and shows why we yeah, stand him so forever. Stan Wu. We stand Wu. We stand Wu on this podcast. So... Hayward gets mad, tells that the three of them, so Monica Wu and Darcy, are now being kicked out of the camp. He's like, I don't want you part of my operation. And they walk outside, and Wu and Monica proceed to kick some sword butt. And I was so impressed. We have not seen Wu fight before, and he threw down. I was like, yes. I was clapping. Darcy, of course, was like, nobody told me this plan. (laughs) Once again, laughing at Darcy. Like, this trio is just the best thing that has happened to the MCU. I, In a long I time. Need, I need a show of all of them. Like, just, yes. just the three of them. Solid yes. crimes, Charlie's Angels. It's hilarious. So they're clearly not leaving the camp because, ding, 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 Hayward's a bad guy, right? Okay, we've called it for weeks now. Monica's suspicious. Wu is suspicious. Darcy you is didn't suspicious. Say we told you so. You just said we called it. <laughs> we called. I, I mean, we said we told you so last week, so I felt it was a little oh, okay. redundant. You were gonna be but we, okay. <laughs> but we did tell you so, and we called it. He's a bad guy. Come at me. <laughs> you know? So Darcy's like, we got to figure out what he's up to. Then we go back inside Westview, and Pietro makes an odd comment telling the kids, unleash hell, demon spawn, as they go off to trick-or-treat. Again, Pietro's not whom he seems to be. That's a very curious line to say. And in the comics, Billy and Tommy come to life thanks to Mephesto, who happens to be a demon. So, just saying. Uh, Wanda continues to question Pietro, and he continues to kind of avoid or answer her questions with a question. She's like, why do you look different? And I'm sitting at home going, yes, why do you look different? Where's Aaron? (laughs) Because that's our Pietro. Um, He says, well, if I found Shangri-La, I wouldn't want to be reminded of the past either. Now, Shangri-La is obviously a beautiful imaginary place. Life is supposed to be idyllic. So that's her Westview. But again, she's just kind of looking at him like, "Mm, but I don't know. It's not it's kind of not right. So they go off to trick or treat and she sees her doing his neighborhood watch thing. And clearly something's like, you know, the kids are running around like crazy. He's like, oh, there's toilet paper and all the candy's gone. And she goes, oh, Vision can help you. Because remember, that's what Vision said he was doing when he left the house and didn't go trick or treating with them. However, Herb tells her, yeah, Vision's not on tonight. He's not working. She's like, what do you mean he's not working? And Herb gets kind of like, it's almost like a glitch, but not really. He just straight up is like, do you want me to change something, Wanda? There's that awareness again. That something's not right and she's in control. Vision, meanwhile, what he's actually doing is trying to find the barrier of Westview and get outside of it. And as he gets farther away from Town Square and where Wanda is, 
but people are either barely moving or completely frozen. Like no talking, just like one repetitive motion back and forth, back and forth, or just not moving at all. And it was creepy. Well, and especially the one woman who was hanging her ghost decoration and her arm was just kind of swinging like she was trying to hook it but you know hadn't quite gotten there and she just had this one tear kind of rolling down her cheek and I mean she looked like she was sad or about to cry but it was so weird because she's just trying to hang this decoration and has this tear coming down her eye and vision was definitely like what is happening yes not here for that (laughs) it was disturbing so she, she was the one that was barely moving, as was her husband in the background. And then he got farther out and nobody was moving at all. They were just like props, you know, like almost like a cutout, just standing there, taking up space. So it was weird. But before we could actually like really settle on like what's going on out here, we cut to the creepiest commercial ever. Well, ever on this show anyway. <laughs> and... I mean, I don't know. As far as commercials go, that's pretty creepy, period. I mean, I, yeah. Aren't creepy. That's true. I didn't want to call it the most creepy I've ever seen, but it might be. So, yeah, it's got the whole stop animation, like Tim Burton-y kind of vibe. Very 90s. And it's about Yo Magic, a yogurt. This kid is stranded on a deserted island. He's starving. The shark swims up talking about, hey, look, I got this Yo Magic. And the kid's like, oh my gosh, can I have some? I'm starving. Shark's like, sure, man. Gives it to the boy. The boy can never open it and he starves to death. And I'm sitting there with my mouth open like, holy crap, (laughs) what just happened? Then it cuts to the title, Yo Magic, the Snack for Survivors. And I'm like, what? Wow. Wow. And then we go back to trick-or-treating like that didn't happen. It was so, right? You're all like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, little kid on the island. He's got a, like, the shark brings him a yogurt. Like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden it gets, like, so dark. You're like, wait, what? What did I just watch? And then it just, like, switches back to, oh, okay then. Great. We're carrying on with whatever. Yeah. So there's some theories about the commercial we can get into in a second. But, yes. So the the kids are trick-or-treating. Wanda and Pietro with them. They go past the movie theater, which is showing two movies, The Incredibles. And The Parent Trap. Interesting choice. The Incredibles, of course, is about a superhero Mm. family. Loosely inspired by the Fantastic Four. And The Parent Trap is a movie about identical twins separated at birth. Which kind of parallels the comics. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Just a bit. Um, Tommy gets his super speed, which we kind of knew was coming. So he has powers like Wanda's brother. And then Billy... Eventually, his power will show up and his powers are like Wanda's. Pietro flat out tells Wanda, hey, I came to trouble. I came to town to stir up trouble and ultimately cause you grief, which I found to be an interesting play on words because grief can mean different things depending on the connotation of the sentence. You know, like grief can mean I'm just going to I'm going to bother you. and I'm going to annoy you and I'm going to cause you grief like that, which is what he could be doing. But Monica had mentioned feeling like the feeling of grief when she was sucked inside the the hex. So it right. could also mean a pain, like he's going to cause her pain. And if he is Mephisto in disguise, he will for sure cause her grief by the end of this. 
um, again with the question, he's like, where's your accent? She's like, where's your accent? <laughs> yeah, and we're all at home going, yeah, where is y'all's accent? <laughs> what happened to it? I was almost a little surprised at how forward she was with the questions. And I get that to some degree, like you can't have a whole, you know, hour of, of this six hour show, you know, with her kind of like questioning him and, you know, working up to, you know, having this sort of um, audacity or whatever to be like, okay, I'm calling you out on your crap. Like I'm right. calling out that this is not really you, but it seemed like it went from, Oh, you showed up and okay, whatever not really sure about this to like straight up just I'm having none of this like boom throwing it right back at you and I was like yep. oh okay I was like this is uh-huh. gonna go back quickly <laughs> yeah she definitely and he was like why do you keep questioning me you know like and I'm yeah. like yeah because you're shady friend that's why she's questioning right you. so Darcy now while the kids are doing all that and Wanda's still questioning Pietro Darcy has managed to hack into Hayward's files And she discovers that he's figured out a way to track people inside the hex, specifically the residents and vision. We don't think he can track Wanda. At least we haven't seen any, but vision he's tracking by his vibranium decay signature. Okay. Why is he so interested in vision again? Bad guy. Just, you know, hashtag told you so. (laughs) Then Vision sees a car on the outskirts of town with its red lights. He flies down to see who it is. It's Agnes, and this is from the trailers, where he touches her mind to unlock, supposedly unlock her mind. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're the Vision. You're an Avenger. Are you here to help us? And he's like, yes, I'm here to help you. But what is an Avenger? She's like, what do you mean? Why don't you know? And we know that he doesn't know because he clearly doesn't remember things prior to Westview. But I don't believe she was there by accident because, as we said, the farther you got away from Wanda, the least amount of movement that was happening. And by the outskirts of the town, no one was moving. How did she drive a car to get to that point? How did she, was she still able to talk to him before he even, quote, unlocked her mind? And then after he supposedly put her back under Wanda's spell, she merrily drove off like, okie dokie, neighbor. Like, um, it's, it's sus, friends. It's sus. Yes, it's super sus. I, and this is one of those where I, you know, it's funny, like, so this morning we were talking to our friends, like, wow, you guys are so pessimistic. And I was like, mm, pessimistic or just, you know. Suspicious. Yeah, suspicious and wary of like how this kind of stuff plays out, right? And also just knowing the comics a little bit and whatnot. But I definitely agree that she was bait of some sort because she's not, there's no way she was out there without having a reason. And she she wasn't in the same mind state, right? Like, so when she's sitting there, she's, she's sort of seemingly like she's, the same as the other people at the perimeter, just kind of frozen. But when she talks to him, when he does the little, you know, fingers to the temples thing and unlocks her, we'll call it. um, She's much less kind of frantic and agitated than Norm was. And not to say that, sure, everybody can have a different personality and be less 
frantic, agitated, whatever, but she seemed much less so than Norm did. And when he put her back into her, you know, normal, whatever, frozen state, she seemed to know where to go to go home. She was just like, oh, okay, cool, turn around and go back. Whereas all the other people who were frozen still just kind of stayed where they were. It just seemed really off. And I was like, I'm not buying this for a second, sister. I am not buying what you are selling. Nope, Agnes. not at all. I don't want any of it. <laughs> not at all. Um, Darcy has hacked into another of Hayward's files. And this time it happens to be about Monica Rambo. Now, remember, when Monica's test results came back, they were, quote, inconclusive for the blood work and the x-rays were blank. Monica did not seem surprised. And she does not seem surprised, again, when Darcy goes, hey, he has your blood work and it's showing that you're being changed on a molecular level. They presume it it to be um, an effect of having gone through the hex twice. Monica is just like, yeah, no, okay, I know all about cells. Anyways, let's move it on. My guy's uh, going to meet us across the bridge and whatever and da-da-da-da. And Wu kind of gives her like a look like, um, you just got told you're getting changed on a molecular level and you're just not even phased by it. All right, then. And I'm all like, because she already knows. But anyways, <laughs> Monica and yeah. Wu leave She's to like, go yeah, meet whatever. up. Yeah, exactly. It's it's no big. Uh, Monica yeah. and Wu leave to go meet up with her friend, which we hope we will see next week. And I'm fingers crossed it's Reed Richards and it's John Krasinski as Reed Richards. That would be amazing. I mean, but I'm anyways, not putting any out, but it's what I'm hoping for. Right. Um, a little piece of me may die if it doesn't happen, though, Ashley. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> I think, the, I think there's a lot of people that agree next with Monday, you. When I'm crying because it didn't happen next Monday and we have to talk about what actually did happen in the episode, you will know why. It's all right. We'll be ready. <laughs> you won't be the only one i know i I've, I've been watching um darcy decides to stay behind because she goes look guys there's another thing hayward's uh hiding it's got to be something big and i'm determined to figure out what it is and i'm like yes girl find out what that is because i called it he's a bad guy sorry i keep with the i told you so but i just i got really annoyed when people were on reddit were like he's not a bad guy i was right all right, I swear that's the last time I'll say it. Maybe <laughs> this episode, anyway. Lies, all lies. It won't even be the last time this episode. Anyways, so Pietro starts to question Wanda again with questions that we've had. Where have these kids been hiding? He's like, oh, I just assume like you know, big cameo for the ho- the special or whatever. Like, and we're like, all right, all right. And then he starts to praise how her ingenuity and her power usage and just like all that she's created. And she seems a bit thrown off that he doesn't think it's wrong or weird or off. So she's like, um, okay. So he keeps praising her and she seems to kind of relax a little bit. And then he straight up goes, so how'd you do it? And she doesn't remember. She said all she can remember is feeling alone and isolated. And then she looks at him and he is dead he looks, he's got the wounds on him from our Pietro, our MCU Pietro, mm-hmm. but he has like that, the same like glossed over eyes that Vision had when she saw Vision dead. You know, obviously she collects herself and he's just like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, you're shady. Anyways, Darcy has cracked into Hayward's files and learns that the big secret happens to be called Cataract Classified Weapons Intel. She mails off the file to Wu, which is very important to remember. 
Uh, hmm. We don't have any information on what cataract is. However, a cataract is a medical condition in which the lens of the eye becomes progressively opaque, resulting in blurred vision. It could mm-hmm. mean that whatever sword was doing to Vision's body was designed to control or harm him. And a loose callback to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because the Hy- Hydra developed something similar called the X-ray eye implant. And eyes with cataracts happen to look like the eyes of Vision and Quicksilver when she sees them as dead. Yes. So it's definitely yeah, they're, they're something. And- yep. Well, and it's um, interesting that the thing that they're tracking is a quote-unquote vibranium decay signature and that yes. progressively opaque, you know, look, you know, and the decreased vision. Like, I feel like those all go hand in hand. Yes, 100%. And maybe we'll find out if we gets that file. Yep. So Vision now has found the out the perimeter of the hex and he starts to break through. And Hayward doesn't seem to react to him coming out. You know, like, again, it's very suspicious behavior. If nothing else had you suspicious, even if she hadn't found Project Cataract, it's suspicious that he's not reacting to Vision trying to get out. And Vision begins to break apart in this very traumatic scene of, like, literally just pieces of him coming off. And... He's like asking them for help. He's uh, asking for help for the citizens. It proves to us that he is still very much dead in the real world because yes. he wouldn't fall apart otherwise. It was very traumatic. And Darcy it was, it was is like, like watching him blip. Like, so, you know, when everybody does the whole yeah, thing, yeah. And floating back together, the way that he was decaying as he was pulling away from the hex wall had a very similar kind of. Um, feel the way that those particles were kind of ripping apart and it was just like yeah. oh my gosh it was like I'm watching vision literally disintegrate in front of my eyes I I was a little choked up I'm not gonna lie yeah it was and he did a I mean again the acting in the show is phenomenal oh god and I love that so much he just oh like yes it was very heart-wrenching and Darcy is the only one that chills. seems to care yes and Darcy was the only one that seemed to care the rest of the sword is just she's sitting there cool. watching it. And she's, she's like literally holding on to a car for her dear life. Like, oh my God, what's happening? Why aren't you stopping this? And hey, we're just like, whatever. Yeah. Cool. She's like, she's like Do running. Yourself. She's like, help him. Someone help him. Can't you see that it's tearing him apart? And they end up handcuffing her to a car because she's, you know, the weird one or whatever. I'm like, what? Anyways. Like I mentioned before, Tommy already had his powers, the super speed. Billy, however, gets his this episode as well. He senses his father is in danger and runs to tell Wanda. Now, why she didn't know and Billy did, I'm not 100% sure. But it could be that she was too busy trying to control everything to notice. Or Billy has some sort of special connection because that's his dad. However, Billy does see what... Vision sees. She says, concentrate, Billy. Tell me what's happening. And he's like, I see dad. He's in a field and there's guns and he's dying. We've got to help him. And Pietro, hearing that from what you said, looks at her and says, it's not like your dead brother, dead husband can die twice. And Uh she blasts him with some 
energy, which I was like, yes, backhand him, please. And she then, in a massive use of her power, freezes everything, everyone, and expands the hex outward to save Vision. And what it ends up doing, it sucks Vision back in, which restores his body. Mm -hmm. He's still laying in the field, but he's Mm -hmm. restored. Mm -hmm. Darcy gets pulled in because Sword left her chained to that car while they tried to escape the hex. And uh, we knew that Darcy was going to go in at some point yes, because we had we did. blue on her shirt in that one promo thing. We were like, oh, that looks like a suit of some sort. She's going yeah. in. How yeah. she got there, we didn't know. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So there and it is. And then super funny, right? Like the clown cars died. Yes. So Hayward, Hayward escaped in his car. And we don't know if any other sword officers escaped. I'm assuming some probably did. But the ones that didn't, the entire encampment turned into a circus so you've got mimes you've got clowns you've got funnel cake machine or truck yeah food carts and And it was was a big top circus all in the field it was hilarious (laughs) but what's important to know is that monica and Wu did not get sucked in they managed to outrun the hex expansion and presumably Wu will get that email and the file that darcy sent and next week We might learn what it is. We might learn who Monica's guy is across the hill. And I can't wait to see Darcy inside the sitcom. Oh, me either. I also think, so I wanted to go back to one thing. So we were talking about um, Wanda not being able to know that Vision was in trouble, but Billy was able to know that he was in trouble. I kind of wondered if, because we know or we suspect that she's not the one in charge of everything I kind of wondered if part of her inability to know what was happening to him was like clouded or dampened by the fact that whoever or whatever is doing this sort of overall controlling keep you know kept her from having that full connection with him like I I kind of wonder if there hadn't been that overarching power she would have known something was going on but because she's concentrating on her part of the you know i'm in control of whatever but then there's that other external force above her i wonder if that kind of limited her connection right i mean that makes complete sense and i think the kids are outside of control of whoever of her and the other person i think they can't be controlled by either so that that totally (laughs) makes sense (laughs) it makes sense she can't control them i mean we can't control our own kids right that's that is a fact, and they don't have superpowers yet. So, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Oh, goodness, gosh, if they uh, had superpowers, can you imagine what it would be? Like? Oh gosh. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to point out about Shady Pietro is earlier in the episode he tells Are we her just start calling Shady Pete, <laughs> Shady P, um, or Faux Pietro. That's my other. That's what I was tweeting this morning. <laughs> um. Earlier in the episode when they were talking about why he looks different and all that, he was like, oh, yeah, like, I died. Like, what does he say? It's like some chump in the street or some loser. He he makes a very disparaging comment about himself and his death. And he claims that he died in the street, which he did. The real one did anyway. And that all of a sudden he was dead. And then she called to him. And then he was there. And that's all yeah. he, he knows. So... Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think the real Pietro would have felt that way about his death because he no, chose because to he died be a heroic death. Exactly. He died saving Hawkeye and that little kid. Yes. Yep. In Age of Ultron. So I don't and he made the choice to do so. So I really don't think he would have said that about himself. But again, later on, 
when Vision is dying, Pietro makes that comment, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. Well, Pietro died well before Vision died in the movies. Pietro died in Age of Ultron. Vision didn't die until Avengers Infinity War. So by his own, like, I died and then there was nothing and then I was here, he shouldn't know that Vision died already. He shouldn't know because... No, he shouldn't. He only knows because he's not the real Pietro. (laughs) And he keeps dropping those subtle little hints that make you... I mean, obviously we know he's not the real Pietro, but I I think by now she's picked up on that too and the dropping the line about her dead husband you know, he can't die twice or whatever. Like for sure. That was the the deal sealer. If she didn't already know, that was 100%. the. Yeah. I'm curious to see their interactions next week or this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And just super crass because like you could be the jerkiest brother in the world. Would you really say that to somebody? No. Like I just, I I can't imagine saying that to anybody. And her and her brother (laughs) Like, yes, we didn't get a ton of screen time with them because he didn't last past Age of Ultron, but they were very protective of one another. I would ne- like never, no. never in a million years <laughs> would her Pietro act like that. Mm-mm. So, nope. again, like I'm curious to see now after all the clues and hints he dropped this episode and then that final like, I really feel like that was the straw for her. And I want to see how she reacts to him this week. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Definitely. And how, how like, irritated with him or recognizing that he's not who he says he is can she be before it, like, turns, you know, the other Ugly. direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if he's who we think he is, he's either Mephesto in disguise or he's somebody working for him, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's going to get real nasty. Really nasty. And I'm, I wonder how Vision is going to be, too. Like, will he remember that he got out? You know? It's just, there's so many questions I have. And I just... So many questions. So little so time. So many questions. So little time. That's right. So what should we talk about for movies this week? I know we both saw, we've seen Cherry, which comes oh, out. Oh, so good. I mean, well, hard to watch, but good. Yeah. Oh, right. I don't even know how I first heard of it. I guess I saw it in my Apple TV plus like screener thing. And I was like, Oh, this looks good. But it's yeah. Based on a book, the Russo brothers did it, which With Tom I love. Holland. That they do. Mm, oh my goodness. And Tom Holland is brilliant in this movie. Seriously. I love that they are like these huge powerhouse producers, but they still do these small, like indie side projects and, you know, support other filmmakers in doing their projects. Like to me, that's just one of the most important things about filmmaking, mm-hmm. right? Like they are these huge superstars because they've done these things like, you know, Marvel movies. I mean, it's like you've reached a Marvel movie. What else are you going to do? They go back and do these small indie things and, and hire both small actors and actresses, but then people who they know can expand their roles. Like Tom Holland has done a handful of things this year that are much um, different than the type of movies he usually does, because I think he's sort of. I'm not going to say they peg him as a superhero, but he's done so many superhero things. that He's kind of just Spider-Man. But when he's not Spider-Man, he's doing stuff completely different. And like this role, I had attended a Q&A thing where we got to talk to the Russo brothers uh, about the filmmaking for this. And they were saying he, tr- 
you know, basically to get ready for the role. He spent a couple of months beforehand, like intentionally losing weight and basically just hanging out by himself to get all super like dark and moody. And they, they, they were like, he really just got into the character and was the character for like the whole time they were filming. I mean, I'm all for method acting, but dude, that's gotta be crazy hard to try to get in that mindset. And he actually mm -hmm. worked with um, a recovering addict on set as a, like somebody that he counseled with to make sure that they were as authentic as they could be to kind of what the experience would be, because obviously mm -hmm. he's not had that experience personally and they wanted to portray it as accurately as possible for somebody who's, you know, not an addict to play an addict. So I thought that was interesting that they, they had them on set for a guide. Yeah, yeah it was, I was blown away. It really is. I would, I would say, and I love him as Spider-Man, obviously, but this was his best performance I have seen him in mm -hmm. yet. Uh, it was a powerhouse um, performance. I mean, it was hard subject material to watch for sure, but Very. it was so good. And the Russo brothers, they just brought this story to life. So it's a semi-autobiographical story. Mm-hmm. And it was just their the way that they bring their stories to life, the way that they do their approach to their filmmaking is just I just I adore that. I adore it ever since I saw I mean, Captain America the Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU film of all time. And that was their first foray into the MCU. And it literally is it was a game changer and it was filmed so differently. Uh they're just this story, Cherry, it was just it was raw, it was heartbreaking, and yet they still brought beauty into it with the lighting and the shadows and the angles and just, it's just really good. So it's going to be in select theaters, February 26th, but it's coming to Apple TV plus March 12th. And I know that we both highly, highly recommend it to so good. anyone. I mean, it's just so like, I can't even put it into words and I have to write a review and I know you're in the same boat. I'm like, how am I going to write a review? I just want to be like, this was amazing. The end, watch it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No. It, well, and I think, you know, how I feel about like in general, just certain topics like really kind of get to me. And this one, yeah. obviously, for particular reasons, really <laughs> is yeah. a little much in parts. And, um, yeah, it's just so well done. It's like, oh, but yeah. So if you, obviously, if you have, you know, there are some trigger moments for sure. So like if you, mm -hmm. you know, substance abuse and PTSD and that type of thing. So like, you know, it's definitely not a movie for kids. Watch it, you know, away from your family or, you yes. know, away from your kids anyway. But it's, um, it is it's heartbreaking, but it is the most incredibly powerful performance I think I've ever seen. And I will actually go out on a limb and say it is the best movie I've seen in years and probably will be the best movie I see all year. Like his performance was that good. I'm going to say it might actually be better than Zendaya's performance in Malcolm and Marie. <gasps> That's strong. I felt like they were, oh man, I just, I want to see the two of them together, but in a movie where they could do what they did in Cherry yeah. and in Malcolm and Marie. I, I mean, I think that would be a great, like, they, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, that is strong words. It was, and maybe it's for me, it's the subject matter because this one is slightly less triggering than the Zendaya one. So like, right. Maybe this one isn't as raw for me. 
And the other one was like, oh, too much. I'm walking away. Um, but no, I mean, they're both were phenomenal. I just, I don't know. It was so good, Ashley. He was so I know. good. Um, it was. Man, nominations are going to come around next year. They're going to have a lot of things to choose from. I know uh, that real. technically the Malcolm Emery, I think, falls into this year's category. And she got snubbed, which is baloney. But. Dude, I was really mad about that. <laughs> For real for real i'm fine that sam levinson got snubbed like that's okay with me but don't snub zendaya because yeah basically we don't like sam levinson that's not like that shouldn't be a thing (laughs) Um, yeah but no this movie was so incredibly powerful and honestly important because i think it talks about not just addiction and drug addiction in our current day in general, but also just kind of how it gets handled and the stigma around it and, you know, the difficulty for people who go to war, right? Like there's right. this whole, there's the mental whole health aspects. Yeah. Yes. And it's like these, you know, these people go overseas, they fight for our country, they come back and they don't get the support that they need. Even when people claim it's there, it, it's only kind of there. And Mm -hmm. there's a stigma about using those services and getting the support that you need. And also sometimes even just recognizing the support that you need. Like it often takes an outside person to say to you, oh, hey, you need this. You know, and when your partner, as in this movie, not to, you know, give things away, but like when your partner is also kind of stuck in that same rut, it's not like your support system is there going, oh, hey, let's have you go do this. And so I think from that aspect too, it's also highly a highly important, valuable film because it talks about a subject matter that's really needed, maybe right now, of all things, just because of all the isolation and stuff that we're dealing with in the pandemic. So yeah, that's my PSA TED Talk for today. (laughs) I mean, I told you that I wasn't, that Snyder uh, trailer dropped yesterday, but (laughs) I mean, while it's, while it's, While it's news for some, it's not news for us. (laughs) No. I know it sounds awful, but I mean, you know, I just, I don't see it. So we're not going to talk about it. But I think it's probably clear at this point that we're more of a Marvel podcast than we are a DC one. You know, and I want to, I want to be fair to all the comics but I, I just can't be when one of them is so clearly superior to the other in terms of their movie making. Exactly. Now, so. if we get some new DC TV shows, I'm here for that because they actually do a really good job on their TV shows. Like the CW series that they put out, mm-hmm. all the ones on there are actually really quite well done and I get very excited about them. So call us when there's a new TV show. Yeah, let um, us know. We'll try to pay attention, but, but we don't. <laughs> we don't care about the Snyder Cut. <laughs> no, don't care. But if you want us to care and you have something really important to tell us, you know where to find us, right? Exactly. Tweet us at and Whiskey and Sunshine. The other thing I will mention though is that so Tom and Jerry comes out on is it the twenty sixth as well, I believe, of February. Yes. yes. We streamed that this weekend and got to interview the director, Tim Story, who I adore, by the way. He is so good in everything he does. Um he's been around and done loads of movies and voice acting and directing and but the movie was actually really cute and I say actually really cute because when I first saw the trailer I was kind of like I don't want another like live action 2d whatever mishmash movie like it just it wasn't really what I was 
hope like wasn't on my list of things I was hoping to see this year you know but I watched it because I got invited to screen it and partake in this interview and I was pleasantly surprised it was really cute and my nephew did the interview and screened it with me and we had such a good time it was a cute movie lots of nods to like the you know who framed Roger Rabbit and that style of um, movie making Mm -hmm. and and I actually did appreciate that they stuck to making the Tom and Jerry and those characters, you know, hand drawing animation versus like crazy CGI animation characters, which they could have, right? They could have made them very different style. So I actually was, I was impressed that I liked it. I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. So that's one to watch for in a couple of weeks coming out. Yeah, we really liked it too. Uh, Michael Pena is in it. So my kids were like, oh, it's Luis from Ant-Man. So you know, there's your Marvel connection, <laughs> but yeah, that's right. There you go. It <laughs> it's, was, all connected. it's all connected. Uh, if you like looking for Easter eggs, like we do, and if yeah. you watch Scoob, which had a ton of Hanna-Barbera references, this one does as well. So I was having fun going, Oh, look, it's droopy dog. Oh, look, it's touch. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I love it. Because I grew up watching these. I mean, they were old when I watched them cause they were like reruns or whatever, but I loved watching Tom and Jerry as a kid. And I was with Jana. We kind of had that conversation uh, that I was like, ah, man, I don't know. Like, if this is going to be good or not. I mean, I well, we'll watch it. So, yeah, we got the screener and I was impressed. I was I actually had a great time watching it. My kids actually asked if they could watch it again today. There's a lot of things like that that we get them and we're kind of like, I just don't know, but I'm going to watch it because, you know, I have the opportunity or I'll check it out and I'll I'll give it a fair shake. And so I actually was you know, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I did enjoy it. Um, so yeah, it's funny. If you're a Tom and Jerry fan, you should totally check it out. If you have kids who are like, who's Tom and Jerry, just be like, they're a cat and mouse that can't really stand each other. They're going to crack up. They don't even need to really know, have any reference to Tom and Jerry at all. They'll love it. So really cute. I I thought the storyline was cute. You know, it takes place in New York city in a big hotel. Like it's just, it's really cute. And then that cake that they sent for us to make, oh my goodness. So much fun. Uh Maybe messy. Sprinkles everywhere. Oh my gosh. We have hardwood <laughs> floors and there are literally little itty bitty sprinkles between all of the crevices. Like I keep finding them and picking them out with my fingernail. I was like, I'm never <laughs> making anything with sprinkles in my house again. Sprinkles must be like, you know. The glitter of food. Or bigger. <laughs> sprinkles are the glitter of food. It, they are. They're, oh gosh, it's the worst. It's fine. <laughs> it was fun. Everybody had a great time. You know, exploding cake. Everybody should do it once. Exploding rainbow cake. Yes. Outside. (laughs) There's our, that's that's your second PSA for the day. Mm -hmm. If you're going to make a rainbow explosion cake, do so outside. And also make sure that if you have any left on the tray, it gets picked up before your two-year-old nephew can get his hands on it and dump it all over your dining room floor. Okay. Second PSA (laughs) or PSA part two. (laughs) because that was a fun mess to clean up it's fine it's all fine it's all good (laughs) oh my goodness all right well friends thank you for tuning in to this episode of the geek girls universe podcast join us next week as we share all the breaking and exciting fandom news as always if you see anything you want to share with us tag us on twitter at whiskey and sunshine and that ashley aaron until next time geeks thanks for listening join us next time for more geeky goodness